Good news, low-carb ketogenic real food fans. A real good foods company is now in all U.S. Walmart stores. They have enchiladas, poppers, cauliflower crust pizzas, mini pizza bites, and the chicken crust pizzas in 3,500 Walmart stores. Real Good Foods pizzas are grain-free, gluten-free, and of course, low-carb, high-fat, ketogenic. This is real food, and now it's available at your local Walmart. Get exclusive offers from Real Good Foods by texting RGF to 474747. And be sure to visit realgoodfoods.com to learn more about Real Good Foods' ketogenic line of products. Real Good Foods. Living La Vida Low Carb, talking about a low carb diet. Uh-huh. Getting your body healthy, it ain't no doubt about it. Yeah, it's really about ketosis, a ketogenic life. Yeah, a real time indicator for ketosis called ketonics. It messes your breath for ketones. Are you burning fat? Uh-huh. It's the first of its kind. All my ketonians, where you at? Where you at? Hey, I'm just here to let you know. Wanna look and feel incredible. We live in La Vida Low Carb, get your body healthy and live long. Hey. Keep my fats high, and my carbs low. Need my glucose down right now, pronto. Check my ketones, look at the stats, yo. With ketonics, now I'm in the burning fat zone. Ketonics, we burning fat, yeah, we on it, yeah, yeah. With ketonics, I'm burning fat, and I'm on it, yeah, yeah. Living La Vida, low carb, I do this every day. If you want to burn that fat, it ain't no other way, yeah. Go to ketonics.co. And for my international followers, it's ketonics.com. Woo! Uh, living La Vida Low Carb. This show is changing lives. We talking about your diet. Trying to get you feeling right. Cut up the avocados. Fry some eggs. Time to explore. The longest running health podcast. Hosted by Jimmy Moore. Time to give up the crappy garbage. We're getting into ketosis. Every day is a new step to your goal. Yeah, you're getting closer. Motivated and focused. Don't stop, just go. Time to get inspiration from the Living La Vida Low Carb Show. Hey, the Living Low Carb Show.com. Woo! Today is uh, a lady who certainly needs no introduction. She's been on this show several times before, uh, but she is very well known using uh, nutrition as a therapy for helping with various kinds of diseases uh, when she herself had secondary progressive multiple sclerosis and was able to walk out of that chair. She is, of course, Dr. Terry Walls, a clinical professor of medicine at the University of Iowa, a staff physician at the Iowa City Veterans Affairs Hospital. She teaches medical school students and resident physicians, sees patients in traumatic brain injury and therapeutic lifestyle clinics with complex chronic health problems. Uh, She uses and is very interested in researching ketogenic diets along with the Walls Protocol. Uh, She had a great book come out in 2014. It's called The Walls Protocol, which talks all about how she beat her MS with paleo principles and functional medicine. Check her out. Terry-Walls, W-A-H-L-S dot com. Dr. Walls, welcome back to the Live in the Vita Low Carb Show. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Very glad to be here. Oh, and I'm so very glad we got you into Keto Clarity because, uh, you know, I I know you've gotten a lot of fanfare in the paleo community for a lot of the real food principles and the nutrient uh, dense foods that you talk about. And you definitely gave me a lot of great quotes to that effect. But ketosis is a big part of it as well. Yes. Yes. So tell us Uh, about it. So uh, ketosis 
uh, it's simply a reflection that our mitochondria, instead of uh, burning sugar and glucose, are burning uh, fats in uh, short fats, ketone bodies, uh, putting that through uh, to make our ATP, uh, the energy uh, form that our cells will then use to drive the chemistry of life. And uh, our, fortunately, our mitochondria are really very flexible. They can uh, burn sugar, they can burn uh, amino acids, mm-hmm. or they can burn fat. And that flexibility is probably why our uh, human ancestors were able to survive, uh, migrate out of uh, Africa, and survive winter war famines. Yeah. And and just to be clear, you can burn um, multiple fuel sources at the same time. There's no like you're either a fat burner, you're either a glucose burner. Uh, you know, everybody's doing some sort of a mix of the of the various kinds of fuels, right? Correct. Correct. And uh, uh, you can get yourself uh, into a situation where you're burning very little fat mostly glucose. You certainly can get yourself in a situation where you're burning almost all protein or almost all fat. Right. Uh, so we're, we're flexible uh, and we can go between the three. Um, and as you know, Jimmy, there's, there's lots of advantages uh, uh, to be burning more fat, less protein, and less carb. Yeah. Yeah, I love the quote you had in the book. Um, Humans went into ketosis every winter for thousands of generations. Being in a low level of ketosis is the more natural state for our metabolism. We do have the metabolic flexibility and can operate on amino acids, glucose, or fat. And yet it seems today most people walking around on this planet Earth today are operating mostly on glucose. Why is that? Well, um, biologically, um, our tastes are primed to like sweet. Uh, and if you taste uh, breast milk, that's uh, really uh, quite sweet. Um, we're also primed to like sweet. So, and in most natural environments, those sweets were limited to berries that were uh, uh, very episodically in our environment so we could find the berries, gorge on them. Yes, it would take us out of ketosis. We got a huge dose of very helpful phytonutrients, antioxidants. They were really, very good for us. Yeah. Uh, the only other uh, big source of sweet would be honey. And we all know that there's uh, probably a fair price to pay for extracting honey from the honeybees. So we may have consumed some honey on special, uh, culturally uh, very exciting times, but it's highly unlikely that many societies were consuming honey uh, in large amounts uh, regularly. Uh, So mostly we've consumed fruits very episodically uh, throughout the growing season, but not in high volumes. Yeah. So the food availability today kind of flips all that on its head. Correct. And unfortunately, we learned how to extract sugar, which <laughs> leads to yeah. uh, a surge in our glucose, uh, which is going to lead to a surge in the dopamine released in our brain. Uh, and our brain lights up in the same way uh, as if you're taking your nicotine, wow. uh, the alcohol, uh, the narcotics, uh, amphetamines, or other drugs of abuse. 
Yeah. Uh, and so there's more and more credibility that uh, food addictions occur and that um, uh, foods, particularly, uh, we can create food addictions by how our food is constructed. Hmm. Uh, and our, we've created a huge financial incentive for the corporate food industry to create uh, addicting foods. And uh, things around sugar and carbs are probably uh, some of the most popular uh, food addictions out there. Yeah, I was going to say grain-based sugar bombs are everywhere. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, it's crazy. So uh, you've actually researched uh, ketogenic diets pretty extensively for your own edification and personal knowledge. But you're also looking into researching it yourself. Can you talk about some of the research uh, that excites you the most and what you're wanting to look into? to here in the coming years? So uh, uh, there's been uh, a lot more interest in ketosis uh, as a way of treating brain disorders. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's some studies, I believe, going on using ketogenic diets for Parkinson's, uh, schizophrenia, uh, which I find uh, pretty interesting. I uh, believe there's some studies using this for ALS. Yep. Uh, I'm studying this for MS, and we're comparing my original diet, the ketogenic version of my diet, and usual control. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and, you know, again, these, uh, most of these studies were very early, were very pilot. Everyone's trying to measure the effect size, show the safety. Then we use that early pilot data to write uh, big grants that cost, you know, uh, millions of dollars to really answer the question. So in these early pilot studies, unfortunately, Jimmy, uh, the goal is to show that, yes, people can, can do that, can yeah. implement that diet, that there's uh, the risk is low, and all we have to show is the trend is in the right direction. Mm-hmm. So now we can calculate how large the study has to be to show a statistically significant difference. Right. Does the scientific community have the will to give ketosis the credence that it needs, or are you going to fight an uphill battle all the way on this one? Well, the uh, question isn't so much the scientific community. Uh, it's, well, it's going to be uh, the funders. Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, I, I have a big grant deadline this week I'm working on that we'll send to the MS Society. Mm-hmm. And the very interesting question, how are they going to react to uh uh, my trial dietary approach for treating MS-related fatigue. Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't a, a wonderful magic molecule drug study. It's not a device study. There's no, there'll be no profit in this. Um, and the people who do the reviewing, so the review committee, will be probably made of neurologists who are getting their research dollars by studying magic molecules and drug companies. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think uh, the challenge for all, for all of us who study dietary interventions is getting past the bias of the reviewers who have a financial interest in viewing the world only through uh, drug uh, a drug manufacturer's eyes. Well, and even the ketogenic research that's out there is heavily, heavily focused on ketone esters and MCT oil and those kinds of things uh, where money can be made. It's just mm-hmm. unfortunate that for the good research to happen, it has to result in, uh, you know, potentially mi- uh, many tens of millions of dollars in annual profits being made off of it, or it's just not going to well, give the get the credence that, that it needs. 
so uh, you know that's a societal value decision. Uh, uh, are we going to rely on uh, research that's funded by a company with a profit motive, right. or are we going to rely on research funded by uh, government society NIH? Uh, my my success, and, you know, and I'd say most of the really innovative re- uh, re- research starts by approaching a, a small. Uh, foundation it can give you you know ten twenty fifty thousand dollars yep. to help you collect pilot data in, a, in just a handful of people then you write up that data and you go to the next level funder so in my <laughs> case the MS society right because now I have this you know really stunning early pilot data and we'll send that off to them for another uh, go around uh, and then we get a larger set of pilot data and so the level of data I get from the MS Society can then be used to write for the $6 million grant that goes to the NIH. Yeah. And that's why um, you really have to have a long view. Uh, so you do research uh, uh, and have a, a plan for how you're going to keep growing your uh, your program, uh, expand your uh, pilot numbers so you eventually have enough um, evidence that you can successfully write a grant uh, to the NIH. But, you know, that that's a pretty tough world. Uh, yeah. So that's a 2% funding rate. Wow. So uh, it, it, this is a... Uh, I'm fighting, I'll be fighting an uphill battle, uh, That's uh, and that's how how it is for all of us, really. Yeah. Uh, this is a very tough world to live in. But it's one worth taking. Well, it's very exciting. I love I love what I do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I love what I do. I love changing the world. I love testing new ideas, uh, learning as we go. Uh, there's nothing more exciting. Well, and you're living proof of a lot of the concepts that you're talking about. So it gives you that much more credence and credibility in the minds of people. Well, it, actually, it's very exciting. Uh, the National MS Society, uh, uh, because of uh, interest by their constituencies and donors, uh, have agreed to uh, host a meeting this fall uh, where they're going to pull together uh, researchers, uh, patients with MS, and other advocates to talk about diet and lifestyle for MS. That is so and awesome. They, and they asked me to come. Wow. So I well, said, Of course uh, they did. <laughs> uh, of course I'll come, but let's make sure you guys know who I am. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. Said, oh, yeah, yeah, we know who you are, and, and that's exactly why we want you there. That's cool. Of course, it doesn't hurt yeah. that you have a, a really nice book that's out there that's kind of talking about a lot of these principles that uh, are the basis for who you are out Absolutely. there. So that helps. Ha- has the book done well? The book ha- has done very well. Um, so I've been doing uh, lots of traveling, uh, lots of interviewing, uh, and uh, trying to do things more virtually like I am with you today Yeah. Uh, so I can keep uh, enrolling uh, new subjects in our uh, research study. Absolutely. So I want to shift a little bit to the practicality of the ketogenic diet. And one of the quotes that you gave me, I thought was a really good one. All of them were good, but this was a really good one. The biggest challenge with a ketogenic diet is reducing the carbohydrate and protein intake sufficiently to get into and maintain ketosis. If you eat too much protein, your body converts the amino acids into glucose. If you eat too many carbs, your blood sugar remains too high to have ketones. It really takes fat to make the ketone bodies. And is that the biggest problem that you see trying to help people get into a ketogenic state for therapeutic reasons? Are, are they making all these errors? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'd say the most common was uh, um, 
they won't uh, or are not aware that they need to do protein as well. Um, and they don't realize how far down they need to go on their carbs. Yeah. You know, and I, and I tell them they can monitor their ketones using urine or blood, um, and that everyone's metabolism is going to be unique. Uh, so it's difficult to give them uh, an absolute number. It's easier for them, uh, from my perspective, to teach them they have two levers to push. One is uh, their fat intake, and the other is their uh, carbohydrate and uh, protein intake. Yeah. Uh, and so if they're not in ketosis, fats have to, have to go up, uh, protein and carbs will have to come down. And uh, if they pay attention, they can eventually uh, get themselves there. But, you know, some people need more support. Some uh, need support of, uh, a lot more support than others to achieve ketosis. Are you looking for macadamia and almond nut butter and convenient on-the-go closable nut butter pouches? Then let me introduce you to Superfat. They are a certified keto and paleo line of macadamia and almond-based nut butters. They come in pouches with five different flavors, including nitro coffee MCT, MCT probiotic, and cacao coconut. Each pouch contains 50% more than other nut butter pouches, and they actually Actually taste great. Healthy plant-based fats found in Superfat support sustained levels of energy, cognition, and mental clarity. Macadamia nuts are found in all flavors and are scientifically proven to help speed up fat metabolism. This high-density energy source will give you a boost whenever you need it. Again, it's called Superfat. Check them out at superfat.com and be sure to use the coupon code JIMMY at checkout to get 20% off of your order. Superfat. How does that conversation go when you talk about ramping up more fat, uh, you know, with, with your study participants? I'm sure they're bringing up all the usual suspect arguments of, well, isn't this going to like harm my heart? And uh... Well, so uh, it, uh, in order to get my study approved, uh, I did have to have the risks and benefits. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so under the risks, we acknowledge that we'll be asking you to uh, increase your fat consumption. Uh, and some of the uh, things that we recommend may cause cholesterol uh, to rise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, in theory, uh, higher levels of cholesterol may impact your risk of heart disease and stroke. Yeah. So we disclose all of that. Uh, I uh, tell my followers and people in clinic that there is uh, more uh, evidence and more basic scientists who are uh, disagreeing with the uh, cholesterol hypothesis of heart disease, or I'd say uh, greatly revising that, uh, that the big driver is oxidized cholesterol and glycated cholesterol is cholesterol uh, that has had a sugar molecule attached to it. Right. That uh, it's those changes that begin the development of the clogging of the arteries. Right. Not the absolute value. And looking at things like triglyceride to HDL ratio rather than what what is it total to HDL or uh, even like the LDL alone as a risk marker, not quite as up on the science as triglyceride to uh, HDL ratio or even just looking at CRP levels. You know, the uh, triglyceride HDL level is a really nice way of estimating the amount of insulin. Right. Uh, so if you have a diet that has uh, a lot of carbohydrates, you drive a lot more insulin. And uh, there are a lot of conditions that high insulin levels 
are associated with worse outcomes, you know, higher risk for uh, early dementia, early memory loss, mm-hmm. uh, higher risk for atherosclerosis, uh, heart disease, uh, higher risk for uh, autoimmunity. So, uh, uh, in general, I really like to see that triglyceride uh, under 100. Yeah. You know, let people know that if it's more than 100, they're having too many carbs. That's for right. What their metabolism can handle. We actually put that in Keto Clarity that if you want to kind of know where your carb tolerance level, and it's going to vary from person to person, but if you want to kind of dial that in, go right to your cholesterol panel and look at that Triggs number. And if it's over 100, you probably need to back down a bit on your carbs. And your doctor may be just fine with a 145 triglyceride level, but that could be way too many carbs in your diet. You'd probably have more optimal health with that carb with that triglyceride uh, under 100. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So um, another thing that you brought up uh, in one of your quotes was uh, when people first begin on a ketogenic diet, and you kind of mentioned this a while ago, um, you have them testing urine ketones, but after a period of time, once they kind of get keto adapted and they're getting that therapeutic effects from those ketones, the urine actually can become problematic because it's hit or miss whether you're going to show them in there or not because the acetoacetate then gets converted into beta-hydroxybutyrate, which is that active ketone in the blood, which is why testing for blood is probably better, right? Absolutely. So if I was doing in our research study, uh, we test for blood. I had people uh, do urine testing twice a day uh, because you get to have the immediate feedback and it's more convenient. But there's no question uh, blood values are uh, absolutely more reliable. Yeah. And uh, certainly within two months of being in ketosis, uh, the urine is not as reliable. Right. Um, uh, more likely, uh, you'll sort of run uh, trace to small and you might have... Uh, blood ketones, or you might not. Right. Uh, if you're negative, you're negative. So right. it, it, it's helpful that way. That's good to know. Have you tried any of the new kind of breath ketone meters? There's a lot of emerging technology in this area, um, but there's one right now out of Sweden, a guy that actually has epilepsy and is doing a ketogenic diet. He's an engineer, and he said, you know, I, I don't want to pee on sticks. That's kind of gross. Um, I don't want to prick my finger to do blood. That's too painful. I want to blow into a, um, you know, some kind of device to measure for acetone in the breath, which has been shown in a couple of good studies to correlate very well with hydroxybutyrate levels. Um, have you used anything like that in your studies yet? Um, I have not. Uh, most of those uh, meters that you can blow into uh, are simply detecting uh, positive you're in ke- uh, you have ketosis. Uh, or not, so right. I don't give you an absolute value. Well, it does, research- yeah. Some of the ones that I've used are, are are different than that. I know there is. I know the one you're referring to, but there there's some sophistication coming in in some of these oh, Dr. I- Walls that uh, it actually changes different colors and different degrees of color depending on your level of ketosis. So it's not just a yes no. It actually shows you the level. Now I want one oh, that, that shows helpful, a, yeah. a digital display. That would be really great. But I think yeah, this is yeah. kind of emerging. I, I just wondered if you had heard about that from some uh, of I your not, colleagues sounds, or yeah uh, that would be very interesting well we have some great information about it in keto clarity when once you get a chance to look at the book yeah, um, yeah. I, oh, I think that's terrific. good 
Awesome. Well, I know one of the hearts of what you do is all about micronutrition. And yeah. uh, one of the complaints that people have about a ketogenic diet is you're not able to get the micronutrition and all the vitamins and minerals and things that you need. Uh, but you say, yes, you can. It is possible. Uh, tell it, us how that is possible. So, um I will agree. It's a criticism that I will share with uh, some of the versions of the ketogenic diets that are out there that uh, they've not really paid attention to micronutrients. So uh, when we developed uh, my version, um, I had at that time 31 nutrients that we were tracking. Now it's up to 36. And so I played with the food rolls and manipulated uh, them to make sure at the end of our week's worth of eating uh, in the Walls version of the ketogenic diet, that people had those 31 nutrients in sufficient amounts. Right. Uh, so that comes down to eating more organ meats. Uh, it, uh, it came down to uh, making your vegetable selections uh, around greens and the sulfur-containing vegetables. That if you were going to do uh, starchy vegetables, the only way you could have them would be in very limited amounts raw, because uh, that will uh, sharply reduce the amount of carbs that you're going to be getting out of those foods, but you'll still get the phytonutrients. Um, what uh, I think many colleagues don't recognize is that, uh, so we have the vitamins, minerals, essential fats that we need. We also need lots and lots of these antioxidants uh, because it's those antioxidants that will go into our cells, into our mitochondria, uh, and uh, even more importantly, uh, into the nucleus and help turn our, our uh, regulatory regions of the DNA uh, on and off properly so we have the correct genes on and the correct genes off. Mm -hmm. And that really dramatically uh, improves this uh, cellular function. So that means, yes, you still need to eat vegetables, but you're going to be choosing ones that are very low in carbs. Right. Uh, yeah. And are very high in phytonutrients. And you're going to eat liver because uh, that is one of our most potent sources of vitamins and minerals that are easily digestible. Yeah. So when you when you when you contract the vegetables, the organ meat has to go up, or you're going to be micronutrient deficient. Yeah, and, and that's been the heart song of what you've talked about, even with the Walls protocol. Uh, never mind the ketogenic version, but definitely the Walls protocol. That's a big aspect of it. Yes, um, because life is self-correcting chemistry. If we make sure that our cells have that. Um, all the building blocks, things will self-correct. So that yeah. means the the ratio of fat, protein, carbs is far less important than the uh, all those micronutrients uh, in our food. Uh, so we have to design our diet to maximize the micronutrients. And then you, you can decide, uh, when you do that, that we're going to reduce carbs dramatically because you can't do that with, with sugar and white flour-based products. So you have to ditch those to get the micronutrients in. <laughs> and then you can decide if you're ready, you want to move into a higher and higher fat uh, and look towards uh, ketosis. Yeah. Now, one group of people that should look to ketosis, uh, because there's kind of some exciting evidence for that you have a lot of experience with, Dr. Walls, is traumatic brain injury and yeah. in the clinic uh, you know you're seeing people come in and you push for low glycemic nutrient dense diet for everybody yeah, yeah. but for those people uh, especially well, maybe a ketogenic diet could be beneficial you know it, it certainly can be um, uh, with these people uh, you can uh, I find I can pitch the idea 
and uh, some some folks are ready to really embrace this, uh, go towards uh, ketosis. Uh, most commonly, uh, it's a journey. Uh, we just get them more and more nutrient dense yeah. as they uh, begin to recover, their attention uh, moods improve, uh, and then they can begin to contemplate interventions that take a, a little more effort. And for, I mean, for most people, certainly initially, uh, going into ketosis uh, does take more effort, more it, planning. Yeah. What What is the I guess major objection early on for newbies? Um, it's uh, going through the carbohydrate withdrawal. Ah. Uh, I'd say that's probably the number one challenge. For that's folks. a biggie. Yeah. yeah I, I've I've told people I said if if four hundred ten pound Jimmy Moore had to like purposely try to be <laughs> in a ketogenic state like suddenly and and that's probably what happened to me when I first did my uh, change yeah. is that I went into ketosis so fast and it took like forever to get over those symptoms um, you know because I was eating probably upwards of 1500 grams of mostly processed carbohydrates a day prior to that and suddenly going to 20 you know and then when I really got serious about ketosis I was already pretty low carb and so the transition was not near as bad and I was able to get into a ketogenic state pretty quick. Yeah. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think stepping down for people coming it, from kind of a standard American diet is a good way to do it. Yeah, I mean, and that, that's how I wrote it in my book. Uh, have people step down from the carbs, step up their nutrient density, yeah. and then at the pace that they and their family are willing to go uh, is uh, how you do this. Because uh, the people who are successful have uh, family commitment and family support. Yeah. This is not going to work if you're having uh, food conflicts. You have to resolve those first. Right. Now, earlier you mentioned you're doing some clinical trials and um, you actually kind of gave us a sneak peek of the the comparing of the original Walls diet, which is a low glycemic nutrient dense diet, to more of uh, what you call the Walls Paleo Plus diet, which is a nutrient dense ketogenic diet. Um, yeah. Can you give us some of the preliminary findings of that? I know you said the trial will be finished well, um, later this year. We're still recruiting. Um, I've not, uh, we looked at our safety data, mm -hmm. and it's uh, sort of no surprise, people are losing weight. So uh, I had to uh, go back through uh, helping people address uh, weight loss when they were uh, getting more weight off than what we wanted. Right. Uh, but in, in term and the trend uh, line is certainly favorable. I, I can't tell you yet if there's a, going to be a, how much difference there'll be between the Paleo Plus and the Walls diet. There's certainly a difference between this and control. Right. Uh, and that we're not surprised. And well, it probably won't be until I have all the data done that I can have an opinion about sure. how different those the two two are, and and frankly, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I expect the the most I'll see is a trend, and that will tell me how large uh, the study will need to be to measure a difference between the two. Yeah. So. The answer is stay tuned. Stay tuned. It's going to be fun. It's going to be very fun. Awesome. Her name is Dr. Terry Walls, and she has a great book called The Walls Protocol, How I Beat Progressive MS Using Paleo Principles and Functional Medicine. She's got an awesome website, terry-walls, W-A-H-L-S dot com. And she was Actually, one of my... There's, oh, there's go ahead. no dash. It's oh. Terry Walls, one word. Oh, sorry about that. Terry Walls. Well, if you Google Terry Walls, you'll find her too, so. 
Yes, yes. But uh, thank you so much for being one of my experts in Keto Clarity. Um, it was really an honor to have you be a part of this. And uh, thank you so much for your great work. And thanks for being here today on the Living La Vida Low Carb Show. Uh, Living La Vida Low Carb. This show is changing lives. Uh, We're talking about your diet. Trying to get you feeling right. Cut up the avocados. Fry some eggs. Time to explore the longest running health podcast. Hosted by Jimmy Moore. Time to give up the crappy garbage. We're getting into ketosis. Every day is a new step to your goal. Yeah, you're getting closer. Motivated and focused. Don't stop, just go. Time to get inspiration from the Living La Vida Low Carb Show. Hey. The Living Low Carb Show.com. Woo! Disc.